Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. I was talking to someone who... Every time they get prayed for, they don't feel the presence of God and they just, they used to wouldn't come up, but now they at least come up. So they're, you know, they're making progress. So I asked them after the service, I said, so why, what, how do you feel when you come up for a healing or you come up for deliverance or you come up to feel the presence of God and it doesn't happen or, and you don't even feel his presence? Because I can tell I mean, I can really tell when I pray for people if, if they're accepting what God's given them or not. I can tell if they're receiving. Um, you just have no idea how easy I can tell. I could go right down the line and tell you whose spirits are wide open and whose spirit still has a lot of guards. Um, anyway, so when they have guards on their spirits, on their spirit man, it basically means somewhere they didn't trust something or something happened and they came in agreement with the lie that gave a devil... Uh, authority to be in charge and so you just never get breakthrough so and most of you have busted through that praise God and it's taking a long time for me to help some of you get through that to be honest because I think the Lord sent to this church originally everybody whose spirits were locked down a <laughs> lockdown <laughs> we had to bring them into freedom amen so I'm trying to get to light can't everybody get this truth okay get this get this get this if there's any area of your life where you are not having a victory, it is because of one thing. It's not because it's so difficult. It's not because it's more difficult than anything else. It's because you have believed a lie. Okay, you have believed a lie. And when you believe a lie, who's the liar? Devils. He's, a, he's the father of lies. He's a liar. There's a bunch of liars in our world today, amen? Blatantly, right out front, lying anymore. Nobody seems to even care. It's like they follow the lies as if they're truth. So Satan is the father of lies, okay? And, and, um, and the heavenly father is the true father, right? He's the, he's the father of love. He's the father of our spirits. He, he is our father. We were created in his image and his likeness. So the father of lies... If he can get you to buy one of his lies, who is the truth? Jesus is the truth, right? The word of God is truth, right? The word of God is truth. So Satan's real attack on everyone is he attacks the truth. So when you attack the truth, how do you attack the truth? With lies are part lies. Amen? And when you believe those as truth... It's called a stronghold. When you believe a lot of them, and they're kind of usually in the same category or issue, that's called, they, they feed a strong man. They empower a strong man, all right? So to get to the strong man, you have to plunder the house and get rid of the lies, 
okay? Lie after lie after lie sometimes to get to it. Now, when you've gone along pretty good and all of a sudden you seem worse, has that ever happened? That's actually because that strong man is like naked in there now. His lies aren't covering him anymore. And he's about to have to come out. So usually right before deliverance, it seems worse instead of better. Does that make sense? But get that, when that happens after years and years of growing in God and changing, all of a sudden something's at the surface that you what, think you dealt with, right? It's because the lies are gone. There may be as little as one lie left in there that's holding it. When that lie is gone, that devil has to leave. Amen? So true deliverance is you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. Now there's power deliverance, which is where you just have the, when somebody totally can't reason anymore, you have to go in and take that, those devils out and have the Lord restore their reasoning or their sound mind so that they can, at that point, then learn how to do spiritual warfare, who they are in Christ, and not let the thing come back seven times worse. These are really laws to the kingdom, okay? That's why he says, seek first his kingdom. You can't, you get born again, but then you have to be, you've got to understand his kingdom. It's for real. It's real, Okay, and the whole world is under the lies of the enemy. They can't understand. The only people who can really understand what's going on right now, for real, are true believers. And it doesn't matter what your cultural background is, what age you are, um, how much money you make, how much education you have. None of it matters. In the kingdom, if you know the word of God and you believe God and you believe his word is true. So I, was, I looked up a survey and this is going to tell you why our nation is in such bad shape. And I can't remember exactly the numbers, but basically it said for the born again, let me, let me just Google it or I duck, duck, go it or something like that. I don't know what I am. 40% Americans, 42% of Americans identify as born again Christians in 1991, 1995. Now um, it's 41 over the past three years. That's a lot of people, right? 42% of Americans and there's three, what is it, 350 million Americans? Do you know that's the highest people group probably about, unless you went male and female, other than that, it's gonna, or just say Caucasian, but it's a very, very big group of people who should all be believing the same, right? Well, then when I went further and said, how many of those, when I, how many of those believe the Bible is true? Like really true. It used to be 90%, but in more recent times, it said it's more like 35% or 40%, which means born again, evangelical Christians have become more like our culture than changing our culture. So they're believing these lies that the media puts out. They're believing the lies that the politicians put out. Let's put this, they're believing the lies that Satan is putting out about everything. But then you look at it, okay, there's still, if 42% say they're born again evangelicals, that's powerful. And then even if you take of that, and say 40% of those believe the word of God, that's still a lot of people. So, so look up people, because those people are right. Amen? Those people have the truth. Now we just have to get free enough to share the gospel. So 
you don't understand. If you don't believe that he's going to heal you tonight, then you don't believe his word. And then you say, oh, I can't believe they don't believe the gospel. Well, I think it's probably less than the 42 of the 42% that actually believe his word. Because churches don't even preach his word. So I was talking to this person. I said, so when that thing, that spirit, which they don't know what's that, comes up and blocks you from receiving what God wants to give you right then, how do you handle that? And they said, well, I just accept it. I just accept that's how it is. And when this person said that, y'all know me, I got those ears to hear what's talking. And I could tell this is a spirit. This, this is a hurt place saying, I just accept it. So if you had things happen in your life, and, and I know like, you know, talking to different people at this church, sometimes you're taught well, we just have to accept that. That's how we're treated. We just have to accept that because we're a woman. We just have to accept that because we're a man. Or we just have to accept that. Okay? Do you know what I'm saying? Another one that you might say is, well, I've tried that. I talk to somebody else. I go, well, I'm tired of trying. You know, I've tried to get healed. I've tried to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I've tried to have this happen. I've tried to hear God. So um, I just, I'm just not even going to try. Or... Do you realize it's a lie to say that you're trying? You don't try the gospel. You don't try it. You receive it. Jesus did it all. He said, it is finished. He then went further and beat up the enemy and all that. But he actually sent his own spirit, Holy Spirit, Spirit of truth, the mind of Christ, the one who knows all things. He sent him to live inside of supposedly all these people who say they're born again. So when you agree with rejection, when you agree with the lies that it's not for you or you've tried or anything, you understand what I'm saying? You're actually not in agreement with God who lives in you. When you're not in agreement with God who lives in you, you have no faith for what he has already promised you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes you hear things so much in the church like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's not a yeah, yeah, yeah if it hasn't broken through. So you have to find out what is the lie. And a lie is usually an exact wording that comes to your thinking if you start talking about it. So how do you feel when you don't receive? Now let me, let me say this about trying. When you say, well, I tried. Or it just doesn't work for me. Or, I just have to accept this is how it is. What's the spirit behind that? It's a defeatist. It, to, you, you, to, you know, Jesus is victorious. It can't get more victorious than he's already won. Okay? So enemy wants you to feel defeated. Because it's the opposite of a, of a victor, right? No matter what, it doesn't work for me. Oh, I'll never find the, it'll never happen. I'll never get the job. I'll never get this. I'll never. What is all that? Negative, negative talk that comes against what's already been promised. God never says, I'll take care of you if you have 
a certain person as president. The kingdom cannot be shaken. That's his kingdom. He'll take care of you no matter what. His promises are yes and amen. He'll bless you. He'll prosper you. He'll, he'll take care of you no matter what. A thousand may fall to your five, ten thousand to the other side, but it won't come near you. They want you to pray for the thousand and the ten thousand and have compassion. Amen. But are you understanding? We have to get past this. Um, it's really, it's truthfully wrong agreement. So, I just wanted to throw these two in there. I thought these were kind of good for those, for those people who just don't stand up for truth. Okay, listen to this good. And you just go along with the people in your life who are fools. I want you to hear what God's word says about not standing up for truth. Proverbs 26, 4. Do not answer or pretend to agree with someone's frivolous comments. They're a closed-minded fool according to their folly. So if you pretend to agree with them, you will be like them. Proverbs 26, 5. Answer and correct the error of their concepts of the fool that he speaks according to his folly. Otherwise, he will be wise in his own eyes if he thinks you agree with him. How many people have learned especially if you had a controlling um, parent or spouse or in a relationship, that you just better agree with them. And if you don't, just be quiet about it. The Bible says not to do that. The reason the church doesn't have the backbone or the spine right now to say and post and do what she needs to do is because she's come in agreement with the lie that if you can't win the argument, you just as well be quiet. Because the problem there is, what is your idea of winning? Because God says very clearly, speak the truth in love. He doesn't say be quiet with the truth in love. What he's saying is, how are they going to hear if you don't tell them? And if they think you agree with them, you're making them worse. And, and how many people, a lot of people, do not like any kind of conflict. So they'll be quiet. Now, the, the only time we as believers should really speak the truth is when we can do it in love. So we have to mature some. And the only time we should be quiet is when God tells us to. And, and that's the scripture, win them without a word, but by your actions. I want you to really get this though. The power of agreement. So the Bible says when you don't tell a fool, you don't agree with them. Then it actually goes down as if you do agree with them. Which also means the enemy can treat you as if you agree with them. Now, it's something different to be argumentative and you got to get free from mean and argumentative. And then you have to speak the truth in love. They're not going to know if you don't tell them. Now, if you used to speak the truth in anything but love, they don't want to listen to you. 
But as God gives you love, it doesn't mean now, when you get to a certain place, he's going to tell you to speak that truth in love. And he'll give you wisdom how to do that. He'll give you something to say to get them off of the way they've been brainwashed to think. And so we need his wisdom if we want to break through. Amen? But what I wanted to help people get to tonight is how to get your own heart where you agree only with God. So let's go to Romans 7. We've done Romans 7 quite a few times. It's a powerful scripture. And I'm believing for the Holy Spirit tonight. Ho! To actually give you the exact line, the exact lie you've bought that holds you back from being able to receive all God has for you. There's something you've bought. It's an exact lie. Remember, a lie is words. <laughs> Amen? And when you can take those words and bring truth to it, and you make the choice to believe truth, and then you... We can ask God to heal the hurt places in you that bought the lie. Amen? And then you can begin to walk out in that truth. Everybody's doing this so difficult. This isn't difficult, but God is breaking through some. Every person in here should be an overcomer. Every person. Every person in here, your life should glorify God. Now, as I look around and I know a lot of you, your lives glorify God a lot more than they did 10 or 15 years ago when I met you. Amen. <laughs> Some of it's 20 years. Some of them in a couple of years. You know what I'm saying? So that's very key that your life glorifies him more now than it did. Because that means I'm on that journey. I'm on that journey. I'm overcoming. I'm glorifying him. I'm receiving from him. I'm receiving from him. Okay, the reason we don't try things with God. Well, I'll try. I'll go up and see if he heals me. I'll try. You don't try faith. You are a doer. So let me go. All right, I'm gardening, which is hilarious. Is my fingers are all torn up and their life is rough right now. But I got pretty good looking little garden. Now if anything grows, we'll all be happy. But I'm doing it right for the first time. And before, I just get some dirt and buy some plants and throw them in there and do whatever and get like four tomatoes after spending hundreds of dollars on my garden. <laughs> you know, like I, I got no squash last year. I got two little eggplants. Um, not eggplant, yeah, the fruit eggplant. Um, and I got, I dig about 10, 10 or 15 tomatoes and three little peppers. I want to tell you how much I planted and did to get that little bit. So this year, led by the Holy Spirit, I'm actually watching videos on it. I'm studying it. I've got every, y'all would just be so impressive. I mean, it doesn't look good like if you're an engineer. And God's working on my marriage in this because I put together this whole little, we could almost pull up a picture of it, but, um, gardening area and I use PVC I came up with how to do it myself with the help of God because I ran across these deck um, what are those things they're like gigantic nails called deck spikes whatever they're deck something and you bang them into a deck they're about this big so I noticed the PVC I had went perfectly over that 
So I went to the store because I could only steal, oh, take, borrow two from my husband's garage, which I knew I'd pay back. But he only had two, and I looked high and low. So I had to go to the store and buy them. It was not cheap either. Well, when I got to the store, they had them taller. I thought, well, that'll work even better. So I basically took these deck spikes, put them in the ground, and put the PVC over it, and then um, also tied it to the post that was near it. It's pretty impressive for me, you guys. Okay, I'm just telling you. So then I put the whole thing together, and, and John, my husband's a rocket scientist for real. You know, he's an engineer for real, NASA. It had to be hurting him. Because <laughs> his garage is right there to go by. And, he, and he's got so much fruit of the Holy Spirit these days. See, they watch you change, but you watch them change, and it's really all fun when everybody's, ch when everybody's changing. It's a lot more fun. Amen? And so he comes over and he goes, Cindy, you know, I, I could help you with this. And, and um, I used to say, no, I'm doing it myself. I'm like, well, honey, you could do whatever you want to do with it. Anyway, but he got a mallet and straightened it up a little bit and everything. But he was so nice. He goes, yeah, this is pretty good. This is, I know it's like, this is pretty good for you. There's no way he would have ever done this. No way. But truthfully, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is that he's okay that I'm not an engineer and it's okay because it's going to work and he doesn't have to come over and take over for me and make me feel unqualified, which I am, but that's okay. He doesn't have to make me feel that way. And I look at it like a little kid, you know, who just built the Legos and they're great, you know, like, wow. Now let's pray. I'm going to put the netting on tomorrow. But, but when I'm doing this, the thing that's so cool is, and I want you to get this. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. I know you've heard it in the faith movement a truckload of times. If you've been listening to Robin Bullock, he's talking about this now. But I'm telling you tonight, God wants you to get this with 100% embracing it. God has set everything up based on planting, sowing, and reaping. And when you do a garden right, you realize it's not a real, you just automatically do it right. You actually do it more wrong and you get some, you get a little bit of a crop. Amen? But you waste a lot of time and money and everything else. So I want you to get this and all this is in the word. I just don't feel led to go scripture by scripture. You can find it. He calls us soil and he made us from dirt. And, and he tells us the kind of soil, the kind of ground that people are. We're not gonna get, but you got to go, a lot of what BFA has done for most of you guys over all these years is taking you from being really bad soil or ground to be good ground. Now, if you have a garden and you live where I live, the ground, the ground is terrible. It's clay, it's really bad. So you almost have to start from scratch and do raised beds. And then you have to, I put um, cardboard over it to have a no dig garden and all this kind of stuff. And then eventually all this dirt will go down into that and get down. I mean, you talk about, I live where anything that could go wrong with the garden would go wrong. Between the deer, there's no buffalo, but between the deer and then there's these little mole guys, you know, that come up and suck down your plants. 
and then there's bugs and then there's this and then there's that and it rains all the time and then we have clay dirt i mean it's like why bother aren't you glad god doesn't say that about us and so when you real i want you to see this because if you will see this okay if a weed gets into a flower bed or a garden it just takes over and it will take all the nourishment and it will actually kill the good plants so everything the devil has lied to you about and you have bought is inside of you destroying everything god tries to plant everything about his word his word is the seed but he also calls us seeds we're what he we are what he wants to plant he wants to plant us he wants everyone to see what it's like when we have his seed in us and he plants us and we have lots of light and we have lots of <laughs> fertilization to change the soil to make bad soil good soil you even got to throw some manure in there folks it's messy and you can actually take horrifically horrible soil no matter what kind of soil there is if you do enough to it and add enough to it and work on it enough it'll be able to take that seed and produce fruit. So don't be so upset that you may take longer or if you're ministering to someone that they may take longer because God already told us there's different kinds of soil. And he doesn't say, he tells you what each of those soil how they open up to the enemy to come in and stop you from being fruitful. But he doesn't say you can't change that. And that's what healing the broken hearted places and deliverance is. Healing the broken hearted places. You shall know the truth. The truth shall set you free. Healing the broken hearted places. All these things about deliverance are what? Making you good ground. So no matter what you're, this is the part we've got to pray for our nation. Every music they listen to, everything that's on TV, everything that's they're being taught in school almost, it's all horrific, horrific, literally Taking the weeds. Lawlessness is everywhere. If you wore good ground because you were in the church, they're doing everything they can to destroy that ground. And then they plant. Now here's the problem with weeds. Weeds almost grow anywhere. So Satan doesn't have to do a lot for you to buy his mess. And, and the fallen flesh is really good ground to plant evil in. Amen? And, and let me say this. No one can be good ground until you're born again. But when you're born again and the Holy Spirit comes in, he is now working to make you fruitful.
So I was talking to somebody today and they were like murmuring, murmuring, blah, blah, blah. Everything's terrible. Blah, blah, blah. I've done this for years. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, stop. You just got done watering, <laughs> fertilizing, and putting sunshine, if you want to say it on. You just gave all the ingredients that you needed to give to what the devil wants to produce in your life. That's why I guess is quit murmuring. Quit helping the devil out. When you plant that little itsy bitsy tiny, have y'all ever done this? I never did it from seeds before. I cannot believe a lettuce comes from a seed so small. You can't, how can you but not put 10 things in the little pot? I know I'm going to have to weed a lot of stuff out. Like, it's like they're all stuck to your finger and they're like, oh. And then you look at like, what is that thing? That little thing doesn't grow. I know I probably overseeded some things. But it's amazing. If you really look at it, it's amazing that that little itsy bitsy did looking tiny, tiny little seed is going to produce an, an entire head of lettuce or an entire plant that'll grow tons of fruit if it's done right. So, so let's just say this. Every single word of God is a seed. Now, if you put a seed somewhere, it'll, live, it'll, it'll still be able to come to life if everything is right even years down the road, if it doesn't get eaten by a bird or something. Right? So, so his word is powerful. The Lord told me, he said, you know, when people go up to an altar call, they receive a seed. But if they don't do anything with it, nothing changes. Absolutely nothing changes. They got a seed. But a seed that doesn't get roots and a seed that doesn't produce uh, any kind of, um, you know, branches or vine is, is useless. So we really have to see this. We have got to get free from this, do an altar call, they got saved. You need to make sure that the people in your life are hearing God's word in faith. Think of faith as sunshine. Amen. In faith. You're going to have to do what that scripture said. When you hear someone say, well, you know, you know, it makes sense to me or whatever. You're going to have to say, wait a minute. There's no way murdering a baby at any place, but especially nine months on its way out the birth canal. You're going to tell me that that is morally okay in, for any circumstances? No. It's actually very cruel for someone to go that far in a pregnancy and anybody then tell them they're better off to make the decision to murder it. Like they're going to live with that, right? They went nine months dealing with this and, and on the side of life. And then something happens at the very last month and you think that's good counsel? We live in a really perverted world, you guys really sad perverted world when all these people are doing anything to have a baby 
Anyway, so back to the topic. It took a lot, can I tell you something? It took a lot of planting seeds against a baby in the womb being a human being who has a right to live. It's taken years of making that seem like it's not true. It's taken years. And, and, they, and it took so many years that by the time you see the ultrasound, you go, oh, it is a baby. Oh, it looks like a person. Oh, hello. But it's taken years of the enemy lying and that person buying it and buying it. And people get so deep down in their deception that, they, that it's really hard to open the eyes of the blind so they'll bust through. But we have to keep on. Amen? We have to keep speaking the truth in love. Now, so, sometimes people will say, well, you know, it's not, I'm not that worried about it. It's not worth it for me. Let's say getting baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, I just don't know, you know, if God doesn't want to do that. Can, can I tell you something? As a believer, one of the things you're supposed to right away do is recognize you're supposed to be crucified with Christ and you no longer live. So God's not doing this thing for you. He's doing it for his glory. And who are you to say he doesn't deserve his glory? Who are you to say? When you don't receive your healing and then you somehow blame God or you didn't need it or whatever, you're not glorifying God. You know, let's quit being so selfish and decide we're going to win this race because he deserves the glory. He deserves to see you becoming who he has always planned for you to be. He, de he deserves that. He deserves that. It's very selfish to agree with the enemy against God. Now, I know everybody doesn't do this intentionally, but I want you to hate what God hates Amen. He hates liars. So he's not going to like that you've been deceived to agree with a lie against him, his nature, and what he's paid for. He wants a bride without spot or blemish. He wants a church that glorifies him. Amen. And he's going to get it. But are you going to be a part of it? Well, you will if you choose to believe. So some of the things you need to break agreement with are those things that you've bought in your life to handle disappointment. Those lies you've bought to say, well, it's okay if it doesn't happen for me. Those lies that say, well, later on. Do you hear what I'm saying? These are all lies. These are all seeds from the enemy to destroy your life and to make you have demonic fruit. And let's submit, because of the day we're living in, as we get closer to the last days and the days of the Lord's wrath, Satan has a gigantic atmosphere to keep you believing lies. 
when you can take human beings and in the matter of just a few years, change them from recognizing what, what is evil and now calling it good. People, what you hear being pushed now, you're going to see reality in a few years. But you have to personally bust through. What is it that you've agreed with the enemy about? Is there anything left? What are you doing? You're not trying to be free. You're either doing what God says to do, or you're really not doing anything. So let me just say this. For whatever, let me, let me give an example. So I was talking to somebody today, and they've really been struggling and the Holy Spirit gave them a word. And the word was something, a scripture about, he is your portion. Now this person is struggling with, with um, symptoms of sickness. So their natural mind would want to go study everything about sickness and healing, right? But Holy Spirit gives them a word on your portion. God is your portion. Can I tell you something? When the Holy Spirit gives you a word, what is it? Okay, it, it is, but let's get back into my gardening idea. It's a seed. Okay, no, if you just hold on to a seed, nothing happens. Yeah, unless you got really dirty hands and water, spit on them and stuff. <laughs> that be a little hard to sleep or do anything else. All right, you take that seed. You take the seed that the Holy Spirit gives you. That's what a rhema word is. That's what the rhema word is. You do something with that seed. You don't try. You don't try to find scriptures that you want to do something with. You trust him to give you the seed. And it doesn't hurt to go look up everything about anything, right? But let me tell you, when he gives you that seed, when he said to my son, not one hair of his head will fall to the ground. That was the seed that God was giving me to stop Satan from giving my son cancer that the doctors already were pretty sure he had. Are y'all getting this? Then you take the seed. Now I got to tell you, some of those seeds... Okay, I planted a bunch of little seeds, you know, in this little thing. All right, first only three of them popped through, you know. I'm like, where's the other five? I was about to give up. And then another one popped through. I'm like, okay. A couple of days there. Well, finally two of them were past what should have popped through. I had to replant those. Something came and stole those seeds. Well, I know what happened. I dumped the box over and they fell. And I don't know where the seed went. I just threw dirt back in. And I think there's a pepper in with somebody else. But anyhow. So the enemy comes along and messes with the seeds, right? And it gets discarded. If it gets discarded, you have to go back and replant it. Now, I want you to get this. When God gives you something. Now, okay, so let's just use that scripture. The Holy Spirit gave this person, he is um, your portion. And I think he gave her that scripture because he knows she would have thought of her own about by his stripes I'm healed and all this other stuff. But God knows the deeper thing is you need to know that I got all this. So if you get a seed like that, 
you go study that you study around that you find out how do i what kind of soil do i need to be to plant that in what kind of soil am i does my soil say i don't believe that it's like i'm not sure what that even means basically it means god is everything he's your everything He's got your future. He's your inheritance. Everything, everything's planned. Everything. Ooh. When God's your portion, get this. Everything for the rest of your forever is taken care of. Everything for the rest of your forever is taken care of. No matter what is going on in politics. Because he's your portion. So then you take, I'm just using this example, I haven't a chance. You actually take, now you're going to plant that. So it has to go into to soil that believes that. Because remember, we're the dirt. <laughs> How do I believe that? Well, you might have to go and work on some things to get that soil so it believe, so it's good soil amen because remember those seeds fall and only one of the of the parable where the seed falls on the different grounds only one of those ground produces fruitfulness one of them sounds like you're barely saved still the other two sounds like it gets totally stolen and we're not going to get into all that tonight and go look at that it's all gardening terms it's all farming terms because this is how God works. In his kingdom, this is how it works. So the reason it can take longer to see fruitfulness with a promise is because you may be bad ground. So in the natural, if you have bad ground, you have to bring in all these things to add to it, compost and manure and all other kinds of things to make that ground have nutrients and everything it needs for that seed to be able to grow. Amen? So we need to say, how do I become good ground? Well, I think reading the word gets in there and plows up some of this stuff, amen? And, and prayers and conferences and tapes and all those kind of things. Everything begins to work to make you able to see. Now, if you are good ground, right? Like if, if you have a pre-done flower bed and the dirt's already great and you plant because you've already put all the time in or somebody else did it, it just grows and grows and grows, right? So that's the good news. Once you get that ground good, your fruitfulness is really going to take off. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever noticed somebody who seems to have faith and somebody who seems to no matter what comes their way, they overcome? Like you're like, wow. Oh, how's she going to handle this one? Oh man, she overcame. The, oh, she did this. Do you get that? Isn't that good? Isn't it good that it's not a do-over every single time the devil comes up with a new attack? Amen. Amen? So you know what to do. You already have become good ground. You need to get rid of fear and unbelief to be good ground. You need to completely forget disappointment. If it didn't work before, it's because you did not have the ground 
that the truth was going into, the seed was going into, it wasn't able to produce fruit because it wasn't good ground. It has nothing to do with the seed. Get this. It has nothing to do with the word of God. It's not, he likes some people and it works for some people and I just have to accept it doesn't work for me. No, no, you are not good ground. Oh, she said I wasn't good ground. Well, you're not. But you can do what you need to do to become good ground. And part of that is getting rid of the lies. Let me say this. Get the devils out of the way who will, who stop in the way and block the truth from getting in. The gatekeepers. The ones who say, ah, that seed is not even coming in here. That's not going to produce anything in here. Now, how does that devil keep that word of God, that seed of God from getting in? With a lie you shall know the truth the truth shall make you free from that gatekeeper amen think of it as the devil at the garden see i got a little gator fence around mine he's like uh uh-uh, you're not bringing that seed in here and you're looking there going man if we could get you out of the way that ground looks pretty good if we could get you some of you it never even gets to go in to get planted Spiritually, I can feel the devils. I know it. I've watched a lot of you get freer and freer, amen, to where some of you really free. Here's the good news. Once you really get free, you're just going to be so fruitful. It's easy. It's easier to believe than not to believe. It's easier to produce a harvest for God than to not produce a harvest for God. It's easier to do what he wants you to do. Now, some people can get really good in certain trials, And then they could buy a lie, or I want to call this called a gatekeeper, somebody who keeps the new seeds from getting in. Something like, well, this doesn't matter that much to me. Well, can I say it's really about glorifying God and not you? Number one. (laughs) But number two, can I say, why doesn't it matter to you? And then what's going to make it matter to you? Well, I can handle it. So you and God are competing for position of Lord? He doesn't compete. So you don't want a garden where God's only allowed into some of the the garden bits. (laughs) Amen. Hey, no. (laughs) No, Uh uh-uh, God. I don't want you there. I don't want to deal with that issue. I don't want to deal. I can handle that one by myself. Can I say, why do you want to? Why do you want to handle that one by yourself? What lie did you buy to say God can't go in that part of the garden? And be asking the Holy Spirit, you need to know, what is the things that you are still in control of.
Because I'm telling you, when you get to that lie and you kick that devil out of the way and you say, come on in, Jesus. What, what do we need to do to this ground? He may say, that ground's fine. It was just that devil in the way. You might, you might be surprised that the ground that you have is a lot better than the fruit you've been producing because of a gatekeeper who won't let those seeds into that ground. Especially if you've heard a lot of good teaching for a long time. Amen? Amen? But just remember, when God does something, it's going to need sunlight, which is what? Relationship with Jesus Christ. It's going to need to know who he is. What is his light? How bright is his light? How great is his light? Certain seeds need a certain amount of light before they can grow. What does that mean? That means certain truths are going to take longer for you to believe. And they're going to take you having to spend more time with God. If your body has been attacked by something like cancer or the enemy's attacked you and what you think your gender is, something that's uh, generational or something that's really been around <clears throat> or runs in your family or whatever, you see what I'm saying? Where there's been so much fear sown and so many lies believed and so many things. You know, it's, it may take a lot of sunlight. To break through that dark place. Amen? Or some other things you might be able to believe pretty easy. Maybe you've seen that before. Maybe you've known he's done that before. For example, you could, you could just know he always takes care of me. Provision could be something you just know. I don't worry about money. God's going to take care of me. He just always takes care of me. But boy, when it comes to sickness in your body, if it comes to this or that, it's like, I don't know. I want you to see all of this is really spiritual laws of sowing and reaping. All of this is spiritual laws of what is the ground? What is the seed? You don't need 10. Okay. So let's say you take a seed of uh, by his stripes you're healed. Let's say God really gives you a scripture by your stripe, by, by his stripes you're healed, right? You don't need more seeds than that one seed about healing, right? So all the other word that you put into that seed is like fertilizer that makes it grow faster, that makes it stronger, that, that gets rid of the doubt and the unbelief, okay? Do you get what I'm saying? Some of you need to sit down and take some time like I did, and I actually sketched out those whole garden beds and where I, I wonder what the heck I was doing this morning. Now I know. Like, where was I going to put everything and how much room did it need and how much space did it need? I can't believe I even did that. This is so not like me. I'm watching videos and watching videos and watching videos and rerunning the videos and writing down notes. Okay, this needs that. But, but what if I don't have room for that? Oh, I could do a trellis. I made my own trellis yesterday. Woohoo! Oh, you can grow this straight up in the air, but you've got to tie it with this and you've got to do this. How much more complicated are we than growing vegetables? So you need to begin to recognize that how much time, how much fertilizer, and how much, okay, 
So let's say the sun, the sunshine is time in the presence of God. Can I tell you something? Nothing hardly grows in the shade. Stuff that does grow in the shade doesn't produce flowers. It, it doesn't produce, it could produce leaves like lettuce. It needs some sun, but not as much because there's no fruit to it. You eat the whole lettuce. You eat the leaves. How many know he wants us to be fruitful? So, mm, it's not one or the other. You can take fertilizer and dump it on that seed till that thing thinks its mom was a cow. <laughs> if there's no light, it's still not going to work. Kara's like, oh my gosh, I cannot edit this one. This is too funny. Okay, do you see what I'm saying? This is true. And I'm sure if you're a builder, you could probably, God, give you some understanding from building because he calls us his building too. Amen. He puts everything in that word in a way that everyone can understand it. So you can't, he, Holy Spirit knows you need more time with God. Not, not in the word right now. You need time with God right now. Well, you need to put on some worship music and you're thinking, oh, but I need to, I got to try, I got to put more scripture in. He's like, no, no, you got the seed in there. You only need one teeny tiny seed to be healed. Everything else has to do with how hard that ground is and go look up those scriptures about the ground. What do I have to bring in to fix this ground? What do I have to dig up? What do I have to do with, with ground? Sometimes you got to till it. I mean, I didn't because I bought all my dirt new and threw it on top of the brick. But, you know, if you had really bad dirt like I do if I just did it right straight on the ground, you'd have to till it up. That's kind of painful. That What's that? Go into those past places. Dig up that hard Hard stuff, the rocks. Get the rocks out, the hard places in your heart. I can't believe I'm doing this. And then, and then just dig, and then let it till around until it, it does what it does and you throw good dirt in, you do all this kind of stuff. And then, now all of a sudden, what was terrible ground is good ground. Amen? And it's not for us to, we're not racing anybody else. I mean, if you had really godly parents and they raised you in the word and they had a great marriage and they had a wonderful time in Jesus and they moved in the gifts of the spirit and you were so protected and all this, guess what? You're going to start off with pretty good ground. Amen. You still got to plant your own seed in there. You've got you to get a word from the Holy Spirit yourself and put it in there. And you've got to spend your own time with God. So some people can have great, great dirt. I think my kids got pretty good dirt. <laughs> Their whole lives, from the day they were born, they've been in church, they've heard the word, they've seen miracles. They, I mean, yeah, there was things God's dealing with in their mom and in their dad, I'm not pretending. But as far as Christian education, everything, you know what I'm saying? But the devil hit and there was lies thrown in and hurt places put there and, and tragedies and all these things to make them buy lies about God. So you can have really good dirt, but the devil's going to still really attack so that you won't have the faith to put that seed in, in that ground. Amen?
So I want everyone to know, God knows what's missing in your fruitfulness. And, and let's say this. This is really good. <laughs> when you put that little seed in there, especially if it's going to be something really big, it takes a long time for the roots to go down. What do roots look for? Water. They also suck up the nutrients and everything. So roots are what has to go deep to get all the good stuff out of the ground. And you can have a gigantic root system and barely a little dinky thing poking through the earth. Right? But it's that root system that when that root system is ready, boy, that plant's just going to grow and get stronger and stronger and hold bigger fruit and bigger fruit is going to need to have a big stock and really be able to hold the fruit. It's going to have the space it needs. You see what I'm saying? I want you to get it. That's how God sees us. No, let me, let me, no, let me, let me do it better. God made us like that and everything else is to help us. He created the whole world. He created our entire world so that we can see how these things work that pertain to us in the spirit. Do you, he is so awesome, isn't he? How creative is God? He's like, okay. See, he didn't like make this first and then, oh, Adam's an afterthought, you know. Now let's make man. No, he said, okay, we are going to make man humans in our image and our likeness. Male and female, we're going to make them. And he says, and they're going to be able to reproduce after themselves and, and have little babies that are going to look like them, a little, a little of this and a little of that, and, and bring this oneness together to make this perfectly unique individual that has some of its mama and some of its daddy some of their attributes and God everything God did everything he did was to show he made the entire world for his glory but the whole time he was making a family for himself and that's his idea and truthfully he wants everybody to be in it he's made a way but they have to want to be they have to choose to be in his family. And Satan works overtime to cause us to not understand the things of God. Now, real evil, wicked people, they can understand the things of God. They want nothing to do with him, people. And God's wrath is being saved up for them. He is going to let them have it. But we don't know who's who, right? there's an entire generation out there who has, they don't even know what a garden looks like. All they do is sit on their, their little iTech machines all day long and listen mainly to what the enemy wants them to think. That why, that's why that um, teaching I did was Sunday, right? About when you don't know who the creator is and you don't recognize him as the creator and the enemy can get you off track from that. He can turn you over to perversion and reprobate. Wow. So we, we need to recognize what's really real and what's really important and what God wants in this time 
of we just coming out of a year of people having more time than ever to spend time with God, to walk around their neighborhoods and to look at trees and to, to begin to enjoy. And they did have record sales in boats, record sales in bicycles, record sales in outdoor things. I mean, you would go to Colonial Parkway and for a while they closed off the road and there were people everywhere on bikes and walking and jogging and, you know, skating. And it, it was like a whole different world. It was like a world where people cared about relationships and people. And all we're sitting there is all pouty and everything because somebody's telling us what to do. When God's like, hey, this is what it's supposed to look like. The family together. And, and, you know, it's amazing. Even in really the enemy's attack and even judgment, God is so merciful, isn't he? So who was only close? Families. The, the people you dumped off at daycare and put in school all day and then you were too tired when they got home and then you rushed them to a sport events and you did this. All of a sudden there's no sporting events. No movies, nowhere to go. Y'all got to stay home and get to know each other. Goodness gracious, in America, you thought it was the end of the world. Which is sad. Except for a lot of people. Recognized. This is a nicer, this is a nicer pace of living. All things work together for good to those who love God and call to his purpose. Amen? So we need to get in these gardens and we need to get out the, um, like I said, I put all good dirt in mine, so mine, I don't know this part that well. <laughs> I know if you plant anything in my yard, it's not going to grow. It's all clay unless you Put some dirt in there yourself. But you have to go in and you've got to dig up the lies. Because every lie is planted by fear. Every lie is planted by fear. And every seed that God plants has got to be planted by faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, not yet seen. When I saw those little itsy, I'm talking, you know, these, these, you couldn't even put gloves on and get to the, these seeds. They were so small. You had to use your hand to get your fingernails all messed up and everything else. <laughs> but it was like, they're so tiny. It actually takes faith to put that thing in dirt and expect to be eating a watermelon this summer. Everything around us, God reveals what it takes in his kingdom. How cool is he? See, the enemy wants to change real science because real science always points to God. And real science points to how smart he is and how wonderful he is and how good he is and how amazing he is. So let's get all the science away from truth so Satan can come and pervert truth. And when he perverts truth, he can lead everybody into extreme bondage, which is what he's doing in our nation right now.
I mean, then he can come kill, steal, and destroy anything he wants in front of everybody. And so everybody's so used to it, they don't even scream and yell. And if you do, just be quiet. We're not going to let you say anything. I've never seen such an unbelievable demonic takeover in my life. At the same time, we have been being conditioned for this with wrong seeds, wrong kind of lifestyles, wrong priorities for years. So, does, does this make sense to anybody? God's just wanting us to have this kind of sit down and realize, okay, if you plant something in the garden, like a word, and it didn't produce, there was nothing wrong with the seed. If it came out of the Bible packet. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, somewhere, you did not yield to Holy Spirit to get the S-O-N light, the presence of God, to the amount you needed to be able to believe for that seed to grow. You did not have good ground. You did not go back to your past, let God dig up the hurt places, kick out the lies, so those roots could not go down and get the nutrients you needed. Or there was no water. There was no living water. There was no pruning. There was no discipline from the Lord. You didn't let him go there. You ran away to whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. You got busy. So you didn't pull the weeds out. So I want you to get a hold of this one revelation beyond a, anything else. God's word did not ever fail you. Celebrity so say, God's word, God's word will never fail me. He's faithful, even when I'm not. Now, if there is a spirit who has permission from you, because you agreed with him, to keep God and truth out of your garden... You're going to have to get rid of that thing. Because if you can't plant that, you could be really great seed soil by now and not even know it. If you've been around here, you've got some fertilizer, right? <laughs> you, you got plowed up, right? You got plowed up. You got, you got, you, you, you know what I'm saying? You didn't just, your garden didn't just sit there. Nobody trying to get the ground good, Right? You had nutrients, fertilizer thrown on it, food. Fertilizer is food, okay? The word of God is food. You didn't just get milk, which you don't put on gardens anyway, but you got meat. You got everything you needed. But if you've got a spirit that you've assigned, a watchman, who will not let any of that into the garden... 
That means the seeds don't even go into the ground. And you're going to feel like I've done this for so long and there's a little bit of change, but not much. I'm always feeling the same way. Everybody else is growing. Their gardens are fruitful, but not me. If that's you, we need to go and smack that gatekeeper and get him away from our garden. He is a condemning spirit. He's a judgmental spirit. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's stolen all of that word that God's given you, all those promises that haven't come to pass. He has stolen them from you laughing because he never lets you put those seeds in the ground. A lot of y'all you know, are much better. I'm telling you, I can tell. When I pray for people, I can tell. I can tell if your spirit, man, is right there, wide open to the things of God. And I can tell when you got all your suspicion and all your control and all your fear and all that. Sometimes y'all feel like a, like a wall. It's like, whoo, they got, they got a wall there. <laughs> They're keeping everything out. I got to say, over time, almost everybody, just about, pretty much everybody, there's be the, there'll be these moments where you can feel. And then some people come, they are so open to the Holy Spirit. My gosh, you almost get near them and they're out. Then there's, okay, the one where the devil has a fake thing and he's going to counterfeit and make it look like you let the devil in, but I mean, God in, but it's really just the devil counterfeiting it so never nothing ever gets in. Amen? See, ministry is so fun because you got to go with the sermon. Okay, Lord, how do we do this? How do we get past this? Sometimes like, sometimes like let me just look over the big you know, wall you put up and go, hey, God really wants to get over there and plant some seed in that garden. He loves you. And you're still sitting there. This is, I've tried. Okay. You never try the things of God. You do the things of God. You do them. You do them. You don't have to think you're seeing results. But I promise you, if you don't do them, you won't see results. And you've got to take the seeds. And it's different seeds for all kinds of things. Can, can I tell you something? Seeds don't just have to be about getting healed. Or being blessed financially. I mean, you want to get to where you got such a big garden. You got a whole you got a whole garden bed that's nothing but intimacy with the Lord. You got a whole garden bed that's nothing but spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. Whole garden bed of how to do spiritual warfare and beat the devil every time. Amen. You want to get past where you're spending your whole life trying to be healed. And your whole life trying to feel loved. And your whole life dealing with your junk. Amen. Get in there. Kick the gardener, the false gardener out of the way. Grab the tiller and get that ground tilled up and throw those lies out and let good seed get in there. Amen. And, and just when you look at the whole gardening thing or farming thing, do you understand? You've got to do this. And you, it's not for you to look at how somebody else is doing it because if you put somebody where they've had great weather conditions and, and, and they had great soil 
and, and all this kind of stuff. And you can go right down, you know, the street where they had nothing but wind and, <laughs> and rain nonstop or it was dry, right? And having you know, different seasons are different. You're going to have to work harder, not work, but you're going to be led by God and be a doer of the word more consistently than ever before to get the fruitfulness. Amen. That's why he says to be doers of the word, not hearers only. And you need to get anything out of the way that prevents you from doing the word. So where's that scripture at? Let's go down. Let's just start at um, James 1.16. Do not be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good gift, every per perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no vari variation or shifting of shadows. In God, it's pure light, people. Pure light, pure light, pure light. And he's got every good gift, every perfect gift is going to come from him, and it's in pure light. By his will, he brought us forth by the word of truth. So that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Look what he's doing. He's using gardening terms or farming terms. He wants us to be a first fruits of all that he created. He wants everyone to look at what he did when he created man. How he put this whole thing together. Know this, my dear brothers and sisters. Let every person be quick to listen. Slow to speak. Slow to anger. For human anger doesn't produce the righteousness of God. Put away moral filth. Excessive evil. Okay. Look at the order of this. First you got to recognize how good he is. Who he is. How he set this up. Amen. What he's looking for. And then he tells you. So what would putting it away? Putting it away is when you get in there and till up stuff and throw things out. Get rid of the weeds. Get rid of the lies. Put it away. Put away the things that are lies. Put away the things that kept you in bondage to filth. Put away the things. Get in there. Put away all moral filth. Excess evil. And then after you put that away. Receive with humility the implanted word, which will save your souls. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deluding yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. And once he looks at himself and goes away, he merely forgets what sort of person he was. But the one who looks intently into the perfect word of God and that word brings freedom and they continue in that word. Not becoming just a hearer, but a doer who acts on that word. He shall be blessed in what he does. Then he goes on. Okay. There are a lot of people who hear the word and read the word, but never do the word. And it's useless. When you hear the word, read the word, hang around people, but you don't do the word. You are self-deceived. So when you have all these people saying they're born again believers, but they don't even believe the way. If you don't believe it, how are you doing it? And most 
places, unfortunately, and you, people give they're not teaching. Oh, that's basic. It's not basic to teach people how to be healed if they're still sick in your church. Amen? If people still need deliverance, you better teach deliverance. And it's great. Last week we had a great time, didn't we? We did impartations and dreams, and I had a dream, but it was, it was one of those frustration dreams. It wasn't from God dream. You know how you have those dreams? I, it's one of those dreams that we had this guest coming, you know, that we're having in a few weeks. And I came in and it was a bigger place than this and nothing was ready. And it was like, I'm trying to find stuff and I can't find, and I didn't even meet them and give them their welcome gift or anything. And I'm like, I hadn't even met him and it's a few minutes before the service. I'm like, and I'm running around looking for something to wear. Anyhow, it was terrible. It's one of those dreams, but that wasn't from God. That was just one of your, you're thinking too much about these dreams. Amen. All right, so I want you to get your notebooks out or your technical cell phones. But honestly, you could actually put this really cool if you like put it on a sketchbook or something. I want you to sit there and look at, think of it as having different garden beds. Raised garden beds. It's easier. We know enough. Put the good stuff in. Amen. And which areas are you fruitful, if any? And which areas are you not fruitful? And which areas all you see is the devil's fruit? And then if you're looking and it's like there's, there's nothing growing in my garden. I want it to. I really believe God is real. So what is the lie Satan has fed you that keeps you from being able to go into your garden with the Lord and enjoy this thing? Did you accept when a parent rejected you? Did you just say, well, this is just how it's got to be? So write that down. Write, I need you to write down if you have an issue with this. What is the lie? I know like today I talked to somebody who said, well, what's the use? I, I try and it doesn't work. Okay, so that's a lie. What's the use? I try and it doesn't work. Well, I'm not asking you to try. I'm asking you to do when I try something, I already have the mentality this might not work. Amen? Which means I'm walking in with unbelief. So when I'm trying something, I'm already, if you come up to an altar call, well, guess what, can it hurt? Well, it can hurt a lot if it's going to make you leave more disappointed and feeling like God's a liar. And somebody said, well, I would never say he's a liar. Well, what are you saying to him? That the devil's stronger? Stronger than who? This is why getting in the word is so good, because you shall know the truth, the truth shall make you free. 
Um, and when you really walk in, this is why it's good to stay out of fake news, which is about anything you look outside of the word of God. Amen. The enemy hates the word of God. The enemy hates everyone growing and maturing in the Lord. Is this making sense to anybody? All right. So what good is it? <laughs> what good is it to have a basket full of seeds? Because you read the word, read the word, read the word. And now you're going to go try to plant these seeds. But just the idea of try means you don't have faith you're going to plant these seeds. So then you have to say, why, can I get, why can't I plant these seeds? Oh, because there's something that stops me. Because if something won't let me in to plant these seeds, if something, you can only plant in faith. In your life, if the devil did things to you to make you accept failure, to make you be okay with rejection. Those are the devils you need to go after and kick them out. They have nothing to do with the kingdom of God. Amen? What does the Bible say? Love never fails. Fear will fail. Hate will fail. Unbelief will fail. Love never fails. Perfect love casts out fear. So it always, a lot of it always starts with, what am I afraid of? How did I handle rejection? How did I handle being, um, um, not, how did I handle, quote, not fitting in? How did I handle it? Because outside of Christ, you took on something to handle it. Amen? And, and you have all authority in Christ to make that thing bow its knee. Amen? You have all authority in Christ. And he's going to talk to you. I was talking to somebody today. While I'm talking to him, I can't remember what they said. But the thing talked back at him. And said, well, it's saying something. I can't remember what it was. But I'm thinking, don't listen to it. And, and I said, what are you going to do? And so I said, well, I'm going to say this. Okay, y'all ready? Here's all you say to the devil. I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Don't speak to me. Just shut up. And Father, I ask the angels to come and take this demon to the pit and give it punishment of Satan. That's the only conversation you have with the devil. Then, he's out of the way, you talk to God. And you say, Lord, I thank you that the truth is, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Father, I thank you that the truth is that you died on that cross because you love me. And you were, you were rejected so I could be beloved by you, so I could be in your beloved. God, I am, I, I, I'm the apple of your eye. You love me. So that lie, that it's for everybody but me. And you can pick that up if, you're, if your parents like the other kids better. That's what it's, do you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I'm just saying, if you're going to get to your stuff, you can't wait for me to get to the exact specific scenario that happened in your family. You have to see what was the lie. And it shows up a lot and a lot and a lot and is usually in the same areas. And you've got to face that as a lie. 
And you've got to tell that thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy and is trying to destroy your walk with God, trying to destroy you, trying to steal from you what God wants to plant in you, you've got to rise up in the name of Jesus and take authority. Devil, shut up in Jesus' name. I rebuke you. Father, I thank you that angels are ministering spirits sent for me. And I ask those angels right now to take this demon that's been standing in the way with this lie. I ask you to take it to the pit of punishment of Satan. Because it's the worst thing. When they go to dry, I don't care where they go. I tell the angels where to take them. How long it takes them to get them there and how they go about it. That's between them and God. My Bible says, ask anything, believe it without doubt, and it'll be done to you by your Father in heaven. So I believe it, so I know it's done for me. All right, y'all can do what you want with it. They can probably come back out, according to spiritual law, and see if you'll let them back in. But if you come here and you do, and not just try, they'll never get back in. And you won't be in the same <gasps> place for 30 years. And you'll bust through and you'll get excited planting so many seeds and spending time with God and, and having the sunshine and water of the living word pouring over everything and, and digging up what needs to be dug up. And you'll, you'll get this big picture. I'm doing all of this for the glory of God. There's going to be fruitfulness in my life, increase in my life, not just about money, but money too relationships, everything. You, you can just sit there. I mean, some of you, I just keep seeing this because I've been plotting out these garden thing. I'm wondering what the heck I've been doing. I took every, I took, I've got six garden beds, three by fives. And I took a page and I put, okay, this is garden bed one, garden bed two, garden bed three. They are on the sunny side. I've got garden bed then the other side, garden bed one on the left, garden bed two on the left. Okay, some of you need to seriously take the time to do this, not just hear it, and sit down and plan out a garden for your soul. God, I want a garden bed of intimacy and relationship with you. I'm telling you what to do, okay? I'm actually giving you an assignment. If you want to be a doer, you're going to actually do this. You're going to get your little journals and notebooks, which I've been asking you to bring on Tuesday nights for 10 years, but you're not doers, so you don't, most of you. And you're going to say, put garden bed number one. You can have as many garden beds as you want. I'm going to plant in this garden bed the word of God about healing. I'm going to plant in this garden bed the word of God about intimacy. I'm going to plant in this garden bed the word of God about breakthrough and finance, whatever. Household, do you understand what I'm saying? And then you're actually going to do it. So you're going to pray. You're going to seek the Lord. You, you can't make it up. Just hang out. And then he will show you. A scripture will hit you. Like a scripture will hit you. And all of a sudden, you'll grab that scripture. You go to your thing. Which garden bed is this in? Oh, this is this garden bed. This is what Holy Spirit wants to deal with right now. He's, I'm not in charge. He's in charge. But he knows my heart to be a doer. 
And he give, he's given me to read the Song of Solomon. He wants me to do the intimacy bed. And you don't have to write all the scriptures in there, but it won't hurt you. If you've got eSword, you can do, go on the editor's page and put the different ones or whatever you have to do. You know? But you can at least put the seed you planted. God, see, that's why those scriptures for Mitchell's healing stand out to me all these years later. Not one hair of his head will fall to the ground. The seeds, the seed that Holy Spirit plants are not a hundred seeds. He just needs one seed. Then the rest of the word that you study and find around it, that's fertilizer, which is food. That's food for that seed to grow. Inner healing and deliverance, that's getting that bed ready and getting the dirt right. Worship. Hanging out with God. That's the sun. That's the sunshine. Look, look up the scripture. Find out for sure what water is. The Bible talks about living water. So in his word, sometimes he's going to be watering that belief. Sometimes he's going to be feeding it. Feeding it is going to build on that idea. I really want you to do this. Because I have... Years and years of notebooks. I, I didn't know I was doing it quite this way, but that's what I've done. And sometimes if you just understand, okay, what is the seed? The seed he has to give you. That's the rhema word. Those are the words you can't forget, like um, come out, come back to the land of the living. That was a rhema word for somebody. It completely brought them out of insanity. That's how powerful God's word is when it's from his spirit and it's the seed. Now get this. Oh, this is good. It was the seed to your full deliverance. It wasn't the full deliverance. Then you've got to take that seed and you've got to find other scriptures about it. You've got to get in there and get the ground out. Get rid of the weeds. Don't let the enemy in. You see what I'm saying? God will have you. Pro when, when Robin comes, get recognize the prophecies and things if he speaks over you those are sometimes the seed if it's the word of God is something he's put in your heart most of the time it's fertilizer he's feeding that he's feeding that which was it and then you walk out in it and you keep doing it anybody who knows me who's heard the prophecies of me say who's that woman think she is that little tiny little church over there that little itsy bitsy church with a few you know, hurt people and this and that. Who does she think she is thinking that that prophecy is going to come to pass? Do y'all know I know that prophecy is going to come to pass? But I know my character wasn't ready for that to come to pass. Amen? I know what he wanted to do and what he had to do in me and what he wanted to put in that garden and how much fruit he wanted it to have. I know that he knows what he's doing. Amen? And we got to quit thinking that we're in charge because you're in charge, you're going to have a messed up looking garden. Little flesh stuff here, little bit of God here, little bunch of devil stuff here. And then what is he doing? Because it's not about us. What is going to glorify him? Not what is his suggestion for your life. What is he wanting to plant? What does he want me to work on? And be a doer. Amen? I, I'm telling you, 
unless you really, you don't, you can do what you want because you can do, be a doer. But I really think if some of you would get a journal and start taking time to really look at some of this stuff. What scriptures is he giving me? What places has he led me? What concerts does it, conference, does it, where's my, how much time am I spending in the sun? And don't get legalistic with it, but get real about it. If there's a part of your life and it's unfruitful, either relationship with him is missing, presence of the Lord, the sun, it never got a seed put in. Something prevents you from ever planting a seed. Amen. It wasn't, the ground wasn't ready first. You didn't get deliverance. You didn't get inner healing. You didn't get the hard places out. How many, how many know Satan can come in and throw some mess in there? Especially if you backslide, right? And God will try to show you. He'll try to warn you. Prophecies will try to tell you, especially like I do, I do them, you know what I'm saying? I tell you what the Lord's showing me. Well, that won't be encouraging. It'll be encouraging if you listen to it and do it. I never prophesy that there's not a way of escape, ever. Ever. But if I prophesy this is your way of escape, I, had, I think you might want to take it. Amen. All right, so has anybody got any questions? So what's God doing in everybody? Because this is like a different kind of meeting. Boy, isn't he amazing? Last week was like, ah! This week's like, <laughs> You should be excited that God is going to work on fruitfulness at the same time he's going to be building us in his gifts and his spirit. This is about fruitfulness. I want you to take some time and see. Put it in writing so you can tell. Where have I, where have I been fruitful? Where is there fruitfulness? So, some of your gardens were okay for a while. And you backslid. And man, the devil got in there and threw all kinds of weeds. In what, what does the scripture say? The enemy comes and throws tears in. He sows tears in. And the two can look fine until the end. And then they'll find out. One was not from God. That's another good scripture. Golly, we may be doing some gardening teaching here on Tuesday night, y'all. We got some ground teaching to do. We got some tear teaching to do. Some seed throwing teaching to do. Just bring your little garden hoe and your little, your little books to plant it out, design. Depending on how God works in your life, for me, it's more than like one thing at a time. So that's why I'd rather put... Don't get so focused on one thing. Get focused on he is the gardener. He even talks about that, doesn't he? He's a vine dresser. He tells us all this, doesn't he? Is anybody else getting this deeper in their spirit than ever to really see, oh, this is how he wants me to do this, to be a doer. But we don't be doers and leave out the supernatural presence of God. Amen? Because he is the vine dresser. Amen? Holy Spirit. What are we planting today? And then all of a sudden you have a uh, road rage thing at the driver in the car in front of you or whatever. And the Lord's like, well, I guess we're going to go and dig up your ground, aren't we now? We're going to deal with this frustration and we're going to deal with this control issue now, aren't we? Oh, let's go get this. Let's go get this little garden plot ready and then talk to me about what are we going to grow today? 
That was a big boom, wasn't it? <laughs> Amen. Does everybody get this? Don't leave Holy Spirit out. Or it's just you legalistically trying to do this. All right. If you know, and then we're going to go. If you know of a gatekeeper, something that keeps you out of your garden. And you know what that lie is. Or somewhat what that lie is. Write it down on a piece of paper. Did I better start bringing notebooks? I told you to bring notebooks. Write it down. We're going to tear it up, so it's going to be kind of hard on your phones. <laughs> Unless you got a lot of money. <laughs> we can pass around some notebook paper. This is if you're ready. If you're ready and this has been something on your heart and you want to get free from this thing tonight, you've got to write down the lie. You've got to take and bring truth to it. And then we're going to come up and we're going to cast it out. We're not, we don't have all night, so it's up to you if you want to keep it or not. If you know a lie. Remember I told you some. Well, I've tried. You don't try, you do. You say, yeah, but my whole life when I tried, my mom always made me feel bad. We're not talking about your mom. We're talking about God. Amen? <laughs> Look at them handing out papers over there. You go, Dad. Far, farmer, farmer Rick. <laughs> I, as soon as you see a gatekeeper. Now remember, a gatekeeper is, not everybody has them. Some of you got free. Some of you just need to work on the other part. This is where you know that something blocks the presence of God from coming in and being fruitful. Something blocks you from going, you come, you get excited, but then it just doesn't get through. Okay, so everybody doesn't have it. It could just be in one area. Do you understand what I'm going after? I'm going after a spirit, a demonic spirit that says this isn't going to work for you. Anybody but you. You've already tried this. Whatever those lies are, it's a defeatist spirit. That's, that's the devil we're going after. Okay, we have a victorious king who's made us to overcome. We want to get rid of a defeated spirit to make us not believe the truth we've overcome. That all things work together. Let me, let me look up the word defeatist and see what it means. A person, listen to this, here's defeatist. A person who surrenders easily or is subject to defeatism. Let's look up defeatism. Defeatism. An attitude, conduct of a person who admits, expects. Oh, gosh, this is good. Listen to this. Listen. I got it. All right, you ready? Defeatism. It's your attitude or conduct. It's the conduct of a person who admits, expects, or no longer resists defeat. The attitude, defeatism. The attitude, policy, or conduct of a person who admits, expects, or no longer resists defeat because of a conviction that further struggle or effort is useless. It's pessimistic resignation. Boy, I feel that thing swirling around in the air. Okay, get this, Margaret. It's when, no, when you no longer resist defeat. It's a spirit that has beat you down to where you expect to not win. You expect. 
How many know, oh gosh, how, how many know the enemy right now is trying to do that to the church over this whole thing about November 3rd, 2020? So we got to get it out of our hearts and out of our life. We, we've learned to put up with it. We're just going to get by like this. We're just going to not expect anything big to happen. We're just going to be defeated. Let me look up the word defeat. All right, here's defeat. To overcome. <laughs> this is funny. <laughs> to overcome in a contest, election, or battle. To prevail. To defeat the enemy. To eliminate or deprive the enemy of something he expected. So defeat, look at it. To defeat is to overcome. A defeatist makes you think you can't. So you have a devil assigned to you because of what he's done in your past that makes you just what is it, resign to the fact that this is how it is for you. How many know that that is one of the big problems in oppressed people group? How many know that that's the spirit behind buying these lies for a lot of people of not overcoming perversion? How many know we need it to get to this before we can pray really good on Friday night? Right. So if you have the lie that the devil's used to defeat you, to make you think, what's the use? Just write it down. Well, we can live like this. God doesn't want you living like this. He wants you living like what he says you're supposed to live like. Can I say this? God will actually take away the grace so you get miserable living like what the devil's made you settle for. Well, it used to not be so bad. Well, how bad do you want it to get before you want God to get the victory? D d oh, he already bled to death for it. He hung on the cross for it. He was humiliated, beaten. We're coming up on Easter. He went through all that stuff. So you, oh, he didn't go through that so he could overcome people. He already overcame. He never had anything to overcome. Jesus never had to overcome. He's God. He did it so we could overcome. So when we choose not to overcome, we're telling him we don't care what you did. And he also did it for his glory. Because when you really fall in love with him, it's more about his glory than your little life. Mm. God's got to destroy selfish ambition in the church. Because selfish ambition is you're doing it for your glory. I'm not doing anything for my glory. I have a perfectly happy, content life. Every time he, I hear the vision and the things he says we're going to be doing, I, get, I only get the yay about it because I want to do what he wants me to do for his glory. For real. That's why like, Paul, I can be content either way. But he wants to do this for his glory. She's got a good one. All right. Frustration by nullification or prevention of success. The loss of a contest. But that's a really good one for you. All right. So this one says frustration. Okay. What's frustration mean? You don't have control over. Not having control over because of nullification 
or prevention of success. What's nullification mean? Doesn't count. Won't work. Nullified. Okay. Canceled. So you've been, you feel defeated when you cannot in your own power. <laughs> when you cannot in your own power get the victory. But you're not supposed to get the victory in your own power. You're not supposed to get the victory in your own power. Everybody should go, woo, yay, because <laughs> that hasn't worked out that well. Amen? It's that depth to self part. He's not asking you to get the victory in your power. He's asking you to believe he got the victory in his power. And you're going to now be a doer of his word. And you're going to be yielded to his spirit. And he's going to do all the things. It's like um, the Kevin Zaday guy says. He says, God's already got it written down in a book. He knows what you're supposed to do. He just wants you to say, okay, I want to do it. I just, I want to do it. I just, I just think it'd be cool to do everything he wants me to do. I don't want to do anything he doesn't want me to do. It's a waste of time. I don't want to do any, I, people are capable of doing things in their own strength, but it's a waste of time. It's filthy rags. It's not even going to impress God one bit. He's going to yawn. And it's going to make a mess. Just think how awesome it would be if everybody was doing exactly what God wants them to do. Mm. He's just like, can we just have the body of Christ do that? Just, just come on, bride. Let's get you all doing that. Amen? All right. Do you have your lies that the enemies used? That show, those, here's what that lie shows you. Woo! Here's what the lie shows you. Satan has given you a spirit of defeatism, which is the opposite of overcomer. Okay, look at your lie. Everybody's can be different. That lie, the spirit behind that lie is defeatism. Satan has defeated you in that one area. Some, uh, there can be others, but you can find those now and know what to do with it. So that in that area, you're, you've, you've just, you're content or, or resigned or whatever the word is at just saying, oh, well. Okay, repent for that. Repent for being okay with not giving God his glory. Father, we come before you, and Lord, you deserve the glory. You deserve the credit for healing us. You deserve the credit for delivering us. You deserve the credit for healing our children and our grandchildren. You deserve the credit for saving our marriages. You deserve the credit for taking care of our finances. You deserve the credit for every career move, God, that you give us, that we walk into. God, you deserve the glory for what you paid for, for who you are, for ordering our steps, for everything you have for us that glorifies you, that will make us perfectly, completely, extremely happy, full of joy and peace. You deserve your glory. Forgive us, God, for thinking this was about us. I want you to stop a minute. I want you to think, do you really think that lie in front of you 
has defeated Jesus Christ and what he paid for. Can that lie in front of you erase what Jesus Christ already paid for? Does that lie in front of you nullify the promise that God gave you and has already paid for? Say, Lord Jesus, forgive me for coming in agreement with the lie, for being frustrated and trying to control what you've already paid for. I break the power of voiding and nullifying your promises to me, to my children, my grandchildren, my spouse, this church, every area of my life. Forgive me, God, for being okay with being defeated. I break the power of that lie. It's not okay because you deserve the glory. You paid the price and you want that which you paid for to come to pass. I'm going to be a doer by your grace of your word. Now I command the spirit of defeatism. You ugly devil. You loose me now. Get out of my thinking, out of my thoughts. I don't agree with you. I'm going to glorify God. He is bigger than you. He's already defeated you. And I'm in agreement with him, not you. In Jesus' name, loose me now. In Jesus' name, get under my feet. Shut up. Don't talk to me anymore. In Jesus' name, I am a doer of the word of God. His promises are yes and amen for me. I'm an overcomer in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me can prosper. By his stripes I'm healed. I believe in household salvation. Every single promise in his word, I'm going to plant in my heart, in faith, and believe that God is going to bring it to pass as I do all he tells me to do for his glory. In faith, in Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you love this teaching, and you better say you love this teaching, then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there, and there's a resource uh, library there. And also, check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you.